Okay, so the Very Fitness Podcast. So today I'm going to talk to Paul Tienery. Uh, we're going to talk about basically how the gyms are currently at the moment, how they've coped since COVID-19. And we're just going to basically talk about what's probably going to be new in 2023 and how the gym industry is moving along and what changes might might seem when it comes to gyms, if it's commercial gyms, private gyms, or small one-to-one gyms. So Paul, do you like to tell them basically about your background? Uh, my name's Paul Tierney. Um The last, what, 10 years I have been in the fitness industry. I worked for DW. I also worked for Exercise for Less, for JD Gyms. I am currently working for Fitness for Less in Birkenhead. Okay, right. So, so um, have you... Over the last 10 years, have you seen much of a change when it comes to the gyms? Uh, quite a bit, to be fair. Uh, mainly age groups, a lot of it, to be fair. Uh, I think you do get a lot more older generation now interested, especially in ones which have wet sites. So more, say, aquaerobics for them, you know, so they're yeah. not really weight-bearing themselves, but they're actually getting some sort of workout. Um, you do find a lot of kids now trying to get into gyms as well, which obviously sometimes you have to, uh, they're not old enough for it. What's the age bracket now for kids? Uh, it depends. Um, mine is 16 and over. Uh, there's quite a few that which is 16 and over. Most leisure centres, which council owned, are 11 and over, but oh. they need to be accompanied by an adult. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, we sometimes get a couple of kids and they're always like, oh, can we not, can we not join? No, I'll, I'll just put my name in on there. And I'm like, no, you can't, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, insurance alone will just get us hammered on that. Yeah. So. Is that because just insurance based in case they hurt themselves? Yeah, yeah, the we, we will, yeah, we will be covered. The liability will cover us. Yeah. yeah. So I remember when I was like younger, when I wanted to get into gyms, it was very difficult to find any gyms that would cater for anyone around 15. So I knew it was like, maybe minimum 16 you could join a gym yeah yeah that's that's the way it is that's the kind of yeah yeah like i said unless it's a leisure center owned by uh like the council you know like uh like southports or there's loads of different ones up and down the country but it's mainly leisure centers that will allow the under 16s i know sports direct have a 14 year old membership but yeah again that's you can they can't use the gym floor it's more to do with uh you know swimming and all that type of stuff yeah um there is a few others that do do smaller memberships but you're talking what david lloyd which is top top tier yeah gym, so is it worth really taking a kid who's going to turn up once and yeah because back in the day <laughs> like the leisure centers and that you obviously they, they had the gym you might have squash courts or the david lloyd tennis courts yeah and they used to have your swimming pool and they seem to used to be quite a social aspect of it all and we don't really, in our hometown now, Southport, have that really. I think the Victoria Leisure is probably the nearest to having a bit of that. But now they only have one squash court. They have plenty of swimming pools. But I think for me, being, well, I don't work in commercial gyms anymore. But back in the day when I worked in commercial gyms or leisure centres and that, one of the things I definitely noticed in that industry that what I used to like about it at the beginning it was quite a social place. Oh, definitely, yeah. Where people will come together, you work out, you might have a few drinks at the bar and stuff. Yeah, ones with cafes. Uh, cafes and yeah, that, but yeah. I've noticed that, obviously, with the local one we have at Everlast, that that cafe area is now deserted. So when I take my daughters to go swimming, I think someone is running the cafe side, but there's, there's, nothing, there's, no, there's nothing no no one there to do it. To do it. Um, yeah, I just feel like it's kind of missed that. I do think there is a, a massive social aspect missing in most commercial gyms now. Uh, you can go into like JD or the gym group, places like that. I tend to use quite a lot of these gyms myself because yeah. sometimes I would be down in London, I would just want to work out and crack on. But you do miss that social aspect of it. That a lot of people now, you'll see them come in and going home. There's no real kind of, oh, you know, should we change? Would you like to do this? Or, you know, should we get a little coffee or anything after yeah. that? I think do think gyms are missing out on that. That's something, me personally, I'd like to introduce in my gym, but we're going to get past January 1st. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird that it's uh, been a bit like that, because that's what I kind of always liked about the leisure industry, because it's not like I, I like training or training uh, clients and that. I, I always love the social aspect of it all. Obviously, I was talking to yourself before, talking about going on to the online platform side of it all, but I've always said that I'll always be a bit of a hybrid where <laughs> I'll still do 
in-house because I actually really enjoy that's it. Your, yeah, but that's your bread and butter. Yeah. yeah. And even if the online was taken over, I still like to think that I would have a, I still have certain clients that I would want to train. I still think you need that personal touch. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I do believe this model of working from home on a computer, giving people the programs. For the ones that may be socially awkward, that don't want to go out and be at a gym, you know, I get that there's a lot of people, especially with mental health now, they don't want to leave the house, they still want to keep fit. So I understand that side of it. Me personally, I would have to, I love the whole kind of meeting. And I, I, especially with people in my gym at the minute, I love walking around, they've just saying hello. I've got, how old is he? 76, name fella called Daniel, comes in, all he says is, just making sure my heart's pumping. Yeah, loves yeah. it and I, you know what i love going to speak to yeah. and i like that i me personally i could because i've obviously done the gym stuff for quite a few years now i couldn't me personally go to just doing the computer side mm. i would hate it no. oh i wouldn't know <laughs> i mean obviously in lockdown there was a lot of zoom and stuff and I, I didn't like it um i think it was uh generic yeah. Yeah. I don't think there was enough uh, speciality stuff that was on, especially through the pandemic. It was all, I, don't get me wrong, there, what was the guy's name? Joe something doing. Oh, Joe Wicks. Yeah. There you go, Joe Wicks. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing Joe Wicks today. And I was like, all oh, right, okay. But does that suit what you're meant to be doing? No. No, it doesn't. No. Yeah. Everyone's different. I mean, that's what, I mean, my niche is for clients is to, to build muscle. Yeah. and uh, reduce body fat. Now, how I tend to do it is get muscle on most people. Now, not to turn people into Arnold Schwarzenegger or <laughs> bodybuilders or anything like that. It's just purely just to put as much natural lean mass on as they can, they yeah, can do. Yeah, bring the BMI down. That. Yeah, that's it. And then basically try and help them on their food habits and lifestyle choices. You know, back in the day, you used to spend a lot more time on nutrition. Now I spend as little and get better results because of what I do. I think it's better just trying to approach the whole lifestyle approach. I think everyone knows what and what not to eat. Some people don't, but majority of people do. Yeah. Um, for me, it's about getting them on a program they can build muscle and they, they can enjoy. So I think from an online p- p- point of view, like you said before, you know, maybe we're going to dive in a bit more about gyms, maybe with the online stuff, we're not seeing as many people going through gym doors these days. But even if I'm obviously going to start doing more online personal training i will still encourage people to go to the gym yeah. and train at home now if you have no access to get to a gym and you have to look up for a home program then yeah i'll work on that but i would always encourage that client to go and to do weights because there's more variations we can do there's more channel aspects we can do a certain client might have certain um difficulties if it could be injury or movement or flexibility yeah. certain limitations to yeah and especially online because you know i was listening to a podcast before um with this trainer talking about like, hinge movements and trying to get people to squat you know it's very i mean if someone's got a little bit of experience in that you can get them to barbell squat straight away and maybe get them to squat at a good level but a lot of people tend not to be able to squat properly and it's about really instructing that person and taking them through like a pyramidization where it's like body weight to start with and yeah. build them up to that and it's very very difficult to teach certain compound exercises which is going to have a lot of benefit for a person by explaining it now looking enough the software i use has video demonstration and it has um teaching points and that so we can work around that but i think for me it's better being in a gym to, to learn from that because you've got other people around as well you know what i mean i i couldn't agree more uh the amount of and still now today i will i can walk around my gym just do one simple walk and i've at least got to possibly explain something to someone who's more than likely going to injure themselves um worst one for me is when they're locking legs off yeah. the um, thing is the on the leg press. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, they, I, I cannot stand it. And it, I, I've actually seen the injury happen before in front of me, where that hybrid ended, went backwards, the left oh. knee, then no hit because the, a woman was full, full stack and 
Oh. And that one ended up breaking a cheekbone. Jeez. Yeah. And she tried to say the safety mechanisms were broke, nothing did. We'd explained to her a million times not to do what she was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I think first and foremost for me, it's more about safety, making sure people are going to, which is why I think it's important for people to be in a gym. It's hard enough trying to direct someone just through a camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas at least if you're doing that one-to-one with them, you've got them in the gym, you can, you can, they could have a small little arch in the back, which is causing them pain. And they don't know it until you're actually watching them. This is why I think being in a gym is so much better than that, uh, that home platform yeah. for people. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean, because hopefully you will have someone. I mean, you might get some people telling you you're not doing it right, you're doing it a certain different way. I remember I, I did a, a work and I put it on social media and the guy was like, you holding the bar too high on your shoulders. I said, I'm not holding it right on my shoulders. I'm holding it exactly where it needs to be, resting in the trapezium muscle. Yeah. So there, it needs to be on your lower back. I said, no, that's a powerlifting squat. I'm not doing a powerlifting squat. You know what I mean? I haven't got enough weight on to, to, know it, to, to do it like that. But So you can sometimes, some people could advise you a bit wrong and all that. Yeah. But most of the time, you would have people there that could, good spot and make suggestions and that of course. even myself sometimes i video that's funny enough when i was doing my squats i video recorded myself this morning doing some squats i thought i'd throw that as a bit of a postural thing this is what i'm doing today blah 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 and when i actually looked up the video i thought oh actually my elbows are too flared out I do, you know you can you, you yeah, see you, something you just that, lost it for a second yeah, yeah i was yeah. like what am i doing there i need to get my elbows slightly not not too under but it was a bit i was, I was in a bit of a weird position i thought god you know, if I've seen someone doing that, I say, oh, you need to get under the bar. Don't let your elbows go up because what it will do, it will penetrate you to lean forward slightly. Lucky enough, I wasn't yeah. leaning forward. Or, but again, when you've got that visual complex yeah, where someone can see something, it can help. I mean, for me, in-house personal training is always the best. And I course. think for a lot of it, the online personal training is one affordability. Because obviously to see me on an hourly basis is going to be a lot higher what it would do if I was doing it on an online program. Yeah. And obviously the difference in prices is the quality. If you've got someone there completely teaching you and how to do exercise, these exercises properly and making sure that you're safe and you're getting the effective workout and you're getting the right uh, movements, that's what you're paying for. And the online aspect of it all, for me, you're looking for, I always say, it's like the accountability side of it, giving you a program that you can work on. Yeah. And um, and maybe once a month checking in, making sure that your lifestyle is engaged, and making sure that you're completing your workouts. And like the kind of software I use, if you've not completed the workout when I wanted you to try and complete the workout, I can say, like, Paul, what's going on? How come you not completed it there? Yeah, getting on me back there. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And that's what you're looking for. You want someone to create a program for you. But sometimes, like, uh, there's a, a a girl that used to um, do a bit of PT in my old gym. And I've just seen there with a, a, a personal trainer that she's been going to. And she knows her stuff. She's a, she's a good trainer. But sometimes even her training needs accountability. So it's completely fine. I mean, the guy I was listening to on this podcast is quite a well-known, I can't remember his name off by that. Just start following him. But he's quite a well-known person in the fitness industry. Right, okay. And uh, he's doing a bit of powerlifting challenges. And he's got a coach for that. So it's fine having a coach. And if you've got a bit of experience in the gym and know-how, yeah. then that's fine. But I think if you're a complete beginner, it might be worth just investing that little bit more for an in-house personal trainer just day, to make sure that you're doing the right exercise. If you're going to invest in exercise, you've got to invest in the gym, which means you've got to invest in a PT. Yeah. They are my three things. If, you've got, if you really want to invest in yourself, you've got to have, or at least start putting some money to, away even if it's just one session, just to get you on that right track, yeah. you've got to see someone. Um, I've seen a couple of like online things recently from people I know aren't qualified. And I think stuff like that, when people don't have to prove the qualifications, yeah. I think it's dangerous. Because yeah. I, could, I could literally go on there and say, uh, I don't know, I'm a qualified architect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me all your money so I can build you a build ad. Stuff like that, I don't. And this is why I don't like the online stuff. It's far too easy, especially with Instagram. Look at my workout type thing. No one's proving that they're actually qualified to do these things. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I've mentioned it, and not on my podcast and someone else's podcast. One of the things I don't like, he said, "What do I don't like about the industry?" I said, "There's too many people that are subscribed to certain trainers by the looks." Yeah, 
Now, someone could look good. Um, it could be genetics. It could be the fact that they've been training for a long time. Yes, they work hard. Yes, they know what they're doing. But there's a difference between knowing what you're doing and looking good and actually being able to coach someone and, and actually being able to yeah. teach someone. and know that. I mean, some of the best coaches around, if you look, look in certain aspects of different industries in the fitness that specifically work on strength training, powerlifting, UFC stuff, um, like Duncan French. No, Duncan, I don't think Duncan French will be watching this, <laughs> but if you watched it, I remember listening to him and he, he was so knowledgeable on the podcast that I was listening to. And obviously he's a British fellow, I think he's from Sheffield, so I looked him up and all that. And to look at him, he wasn't muscle-bound, the typical Instagram influencer yeah. look. He just... just like one of us, just yeah, a, yeah, an, just a normal, normal bloke, yeah, but yeah. very knowledgeable and very good at what he does. He trains some of the fittest superstars in the world at the moment. And I think sometimes that's what I don't like about the industry. Some people go on about how people look, but it's about the coaching skills. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. They should never be about much. Um, at the end of the day, yeah, they can teach you to go on a sunbed. Yeah, 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 they could t teach you the you know the new makeup regime yeah. and stuff like that, but that's not gonna. Get and after time, it really pisses me off when I'm on this conversation is fucking some of the shite they do on there, some of the gimmicky exercises and that, and then someone goes, well, I saw this such as doing this, look at her body and all that." Yeah, the amount that's just there to make you look at it because it's something completely wacky that you've never seen in the gym before. But reality does jack shit. The amount of people I've had to not tell off in gyms. But gone on to them and said, What are you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I saw this on Instagram. And I was like, Okay, do you want to show it? And I went, Then do you see his qualification on there? And like, No. And I went, I would never take, I would never do something which someone's demonstrated off Instagram if I did not know that they were qualified in doing what they're supposed to be doing because yeah. it's far too dangerous. This woman could have ended up snapping her back yeah. by the, the, the ridiculous stuff she was trying to do. And I was just like, yeah. yeah, so uh, I hate the whole Instagram thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. But unfortunately, it's like with me. I mean, I've started putting some stuff on Instagram. I'm sure we'll probably see clippets of this on Instagram. Your knowledge but it's the, way, it's the way of marketing in these days. And like yeah. I say, there's some good stuff out there and some bad stuff. Yeah, like I said, I know, I know you're a qualified yeah, yeah. person to do that stuff. Yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. bother me. Yeah. I think Instagram, uh, like this whole influencer yeah. job thing, yeah, it's not a job. It's just without me sounding nasty to some people, people who don't have enough time in their own lives and they're going to subsidise someone else's. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, with the gyms and that, how have you found it since after COVID? Because obviously that, honestly, especially in the UK, yeah, a uh, bit of a struggle, I think. Uh, COVID levels. Oh, sorry, the membership levels after COVID, and this is across the board, um, where they were. I think the last time I looked, it was about sixty-eight percent. Which is say, uh, say, I don't know, 100,000 people, that's six, only 16,000 people that rejoined or gone back to the gym. Yeah. I think that's for the industry, I think it's terrible. Um, for people's health, I think it's even worse. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I'm in an industry where I'm trying to help people make them better, make them fitter. That, what, 32% aren't. Yeah. And whether, whether COVID got to them, you know, and I hope it didn't. It could be, but there's a lot of people still today that will never return to a gym just because of the pandemic. Um, but I do think a lot of gyms are going to start swapping the way they run. I, me personally, I don't see the wet sites probably staying all that much longer because the cost must be so much yeah, more now. Exactly. Uh, I don't, I don't see that happening. If it does, it'll be more of a maybe mid-market premium type gym than your budget type gyms. But yeah, no, um, it has. It's been even for me. I've never struggled within the gym. Go, always been able to hit targets all that type of stuff. But currently, after the pandemic, I've hit a few targets, but nowhere near enough. And um, it's been, like I said, it's difficult. And you're trying to figure out new ways of encouraging people just to get back in the gym yeah i mean it's true i mean before the pandemic considering it's just a one-to-one -one gym we did small group pt and i think this small group pt was only seven classes a week at the maximum we ever did 
with that included, we were doing about 80 sessions a week. I mean, uh, a couple of other trainers we had at the gym. And obviously since then, when we reopened, we kind of came back up to about 70. And then we had the second lockdown and that one, that, that was the killer. I think that was a killer for a lot of people, really. Yeah, um, there was a lot after that. Yeah. And since then, yes, I'm probably doing 35 to 40 a week. Before we came on, we were talking about obviously getting other trainers has been quite a difficult thing. But even I feel like if I had another trainer, don't have the same knock on the door effect. Now, I was quite fortunate that I never really had to do any marketing. I'm probably doing more marketing now because I'm trying to go from on, on, online outreach. Is to your marketing more through like uh, word of mouth? Word or, of mouth, yeah. yeah. Word of mouth is obviously the, the biggest thing. Website, yeah. Um, People crying through websites, pop, pop, coming in for consultation. But I said to him last night, uh, my wife, said, I'm just going to have a look at the website, making sure that it's working right. I'm getting, I'm getting the um, submissions of the, the consultations and that. And I did notice, like, yeah, everything's working here to, to a degree. Just they're not coming in as, as regularly as they used to do. And, you know, it just scratched my head, like, thinking, like, like we just said, it was a health pandemic. Yeah. The people that died or the people that got seriously ill, majority of them were obese, yeah, who had, who had uh, health mortalities. Yeah. So you'd have thought when people said, oh, how do you think you're going to be when you, when you reopen? I said, oh, it's going to be shocker. Yeah. It's going to be shocker. I think everyone fair, thought that. It's not. And obviously doing this podcast and talking to people in not just in a personal training industry, but even in like yoga, uh, Pilates, We've all had to kind of look at different ways of Love working it. because what was working beforehand ain't working as much. We're not bringing no. the same numbers as we did beforehand. No, even uh, our class attendance, we used to have decent class attendance. Well, in my other gym, I've great class attendance, but right now it's not nowhere near what it should have no, been. No, it's not, no. Cost per head recently is nowhere near where I'd like to admit. Yeah. And sometimes, don't get me wrong, my evenings are always busy, always busy regardless. But I used to have a decent like daytime, you know, program. And if you got level at twenty, you may be getting say eight people in, and that for yeah. daytime classes a bit. Yeah, no, it definitely cost the board and that. It's like me now trying to promote like a six weeks challenge, like a little bit of a boot camp. I mean, I've a lot of probably my issues at the moment is probably apart from the very early start one. Because I'm on my own, the only time I could fit an evening one was quite late after my one-to-one clients. We're talking about eight o'clock at night, so I think a lot of people are, are shying away from that, <laughs> that time slot. Um, but again, you know, just that—that's definitely something that I've noticed. How much time do you actually spend, you know, here? If you don't mind asking, what PT and or no, oh, no, just in general. Right? You know, how much of your own time you invested in being in this building? Um, time-wise. Well, I'm lucky enough because there's not that much to set up when I come in. It's all done. So I'll probably, whatever clients I've got in now, seven to eight yeah. hours a day, I tend to, to be in here, to be fair. But I'm having to invest a lot of time in social media and marketing yeah. and that to a point where I, I've probably, obviously doing these podcasts, was going to start giving me a lot of content. And when I've got the odd time, if I could do a video or a tutorial of how to do a bench press, but... I started trying to do that. I think I've done one, one exercise, which is how to do a squat. I've not been able to do the others because, you know, like I said, I've done ASM to eight. I'm obviously a family man. I've got two little girls. I've got the one on the way. Yeah. You know, I, I get a lot of flack sometimes from ever because the life of a PT, you're working in the morning, you're working in the evening. My downtime's in the day when the kids are at school, which is great. I can have a workout, get, do a bit of admin work. I try and do a bit of social marketing in, in that way, but... Yeah, I found, like I said beforehand, before the pandemic, I had two other trainers. And actually, I'd only probably PT 25 hours at the time. And I probably spend another 10 hours doing admin. I didn't really have to do much marketing. I think the only kind of marketing we do is just keeping the website up to date. Yeah. Just just things like that. Just putting any testimonials, before and after transformations I on there. That, I think that's key, having testimonials. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very in for any type of gym. I think that's yeah. key, even in your setting, because obviously your setting is a bit different to you know, like I said, your commercial side. Yeah, I think testimonials are fantastic. 
Well, the funny thing is, I've got a lot of testimonials and I've got a lot of before and after pictures, for, you know, for a very small one to one basic gym in a small sunlight southport. I jokingly say, like, if you actually look at my testimonials and my before and after pictures, talk about people like Joe Wicks, I've got more. Yeah. And that would not surprise me. I've got more, but I don't know. I think that's the problem with this industry. Yes, you do get a lot of people from word of mouth. And the fact there's a workman wife with the beauty, we can pass on clients to each other. Yes. Um, but sometimes a little bit is a bit of a popularity thing. Um, um, I find sometimes with, with trainers these days, I said the problem with me, I used to be quite popular because I used to go out with a party animal. <laughs> These days, I haven't drank for over six years. I'm probably a bit, a bit of a boring bugger that, now. That last time you had a drink? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, my wedding. Yeah. Uh, but then again, I don't really drink anymore. No. You don't, as you, I think, as you, as you so, get older in your life, you get I busy. I used to love a party, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, so did I. I mean, my nickname was Party Boy for a couple of reasons. One, because I used to get butt naked. And the second, because... I'm pretty sure we had the same yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, <laughs> second of all, because if anyone wants to go out and you wanted a token friend, I'm the man. You know yeah. what I mean? So, we were, yeah, we were exactly the same. And though. because of my lifestyle like that, you get to know a lot of people because you're socialising a lot more. Um, even though I've never PT'd in a social, in, in a commercial gym, I've done a lot of classes in commercial gyms. So you get to lot, know a lot of people from that. And when I used to do that, I used to feed a lot of clients from like my spin classes or yeah. my boxer size classes and stuff like that. Whereas now, because I'm such a one-to-one, and because I'm very lucky that I've got a very low t- um, clientele that have been with me years, I and mean, some of them have been five, ten, a lot of them come up to 10 years. So I'm not always on the lookout. I'm not having to market that much. Yeah. I probably would be like that if I had the staff to try and fill it in. Yeah, yeah. And then make, yeah, turn up and get yeah. a bigger turnover, yeah. But like I say, I just feel like definitely since COVID, the industry has gone, it's different. It's peculiar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's um, I don't get it at the minute. No. No. Um, it's on my attrition levels at the minute. We could, we could sign up 250 people in one month. Quite easy like that. Yeah. But we could also lose 250 people like that. Yeah. And I don't get why. Yeah. My gym right now is the cleanest gym I've ever had. And yeah. I mean, the standards in that gym are fantastic. Um, the equipment we've got, brilliant. We've got loads of Matrix gear. Um, we've got, what is it? Smith Machine, two Olympic platforms. We've got ski eggs, um, assault bikes, uh, what bikes, loads of treadmill. We've got everything in there. And yet, like I said, the way it's been after the pandemic, I've never had to have get 250 and lose 250 at the same time. It's really, really, it's hard to try and find if if you're going wrong, because we do exit surveys and stuff like that. And people are always putting, oh, yeah, no, five stars, great, you know, clean, staff are great, all that type of thing. And you think it's yourself, why are you leaving it? I don't know whether it's because, obviously, the cost of living is now just taking another effect on top of us. Like I said before to you, my uh, electricity bill in my gym has gone up nearly three times or yeah. three times as much as it has been, which for a gym within its first year, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a very peculiar time, I think, within the industry. Don't go wrong, there's still loads of companies which are thriving, say like UPR, June Group, JD, they're, they're all thriving, they're opening new gyms all the time. Um, you've got your new kids on the block, which is now Everlast. I say new kids, they were a small set, but obviously, since DW went, they've taken over most of DW sites. Yeah. Um, who else have you got? that type of level yeah no that well you got your david lloyd and stuff like that but there uh, i'd say you're more premium type yeah. of things then you got bannon times and stuff like that but yeah again they the virgin still what yeah still virgin just... active is still going yeah. um i think the nearest one to us is manchester though right. um but yeah it's it's one of them um my director that i work for at the minute is currently opening a gym in soho but he's not Put it under this umbrella it's called it top notch which apparently top notch gyms was be out in the 90s and what he's going to try and do is uh build that mid it's going to be like between mid and premium 
no. not entirely a premium market, but try and get that mid-level in. Yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's where the game is at the minute. Yeah. Is to be at the mid-market. I think the budget gyms, with most budget gyms being non-contract, the amount you you can get in, you're losing straight away as well. Yeah. So I think the way forward is mid-market to get people in, even if it is just on a short-term contract. So you've got that level of um, what's the word? That you know um, where they're coming. You know they're yeah, going to come in because of yeah, yeah. yeah. Because at the minute with people in non-contract, they could pay tenner. You know for like that first month off. Yeah, you're only losing a tenner. Uh, doesn't matter. I cancel my gym membership. Whereas if you have, even if it's just a six-month membership, people are going to more than likely make that effort because thinking, well, I've got to pay for six months anyway. Yeah. I think that's the way it will or has to go. Yeah. And I mean, that's difficult for me. I've always done it as where you can pay by session, but the session price on its own is quite expensive. So you would always take a discount block. So I do like a 5, 10, and a 20. And the problem that I will have, because probably because I'm a, I'm a PT, I'm not that expensive in this area, but I'm probably one of the higher ones. But, but I, I'd put that down to the type of setup I've got. It's a private gym. You're not waiting to get on any machines. You're going to get around the gym. You're going to have a workout. It's going to be very specific, very private. And more, you get my expertise and my skill and my knowledge. And, you, and, you do have a good name yourself. Yeah, exactly. So that that's the thing. And obviously, like we talked before, gas and electricity now compared to what I paid in my previous place before the price increase is an extra couple hundred quid easy easy yeah. a month you know regardless if it's summer or, or winter really because even in the summer you're probably paying that just to get ready for the winter so it's kind of a you know it's a, it's a big thing so one of the things i've had to do uh, is had to increase my prices but then because you're increasing them sometimes you, you're, you're dropping that market a little yeah. bit a knock-on effect i think what i'll probably introduce next year is more uh, partner training because I don't charge anything different for partner training. Because how I look at it, when I do partner training, you've got one person doing the exercise and one one's resting, the other one does the next set. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. can, it, it, it's easier. Sometimes the only times it's difficult when you have a partner, when they come with their husband and wife, you might have to take a bit more weight off and there's a bit more change. But I mean, yeah, at the end yeah. of the day, if you're a personal trainer, I'm sure you, you can, can set, you can handle that stress of lifting can, a few extra weights. You can set that up quite easily. Don't so. You know, apart from that, you might be swapping the weights a little bit more around in that session. Again, it's pretty simple. And then it's you're getting two for the price of one, in a way. One of the things I might look about doing is doing, like, group training. problem that I have at the moment, I haven't got the staff to have anything set out. So what I might do is there's people that want to do personal training quite for the, on their own. Yeah but can contribute into a group in, in setting. Yeah, in that environment. We can do it like that. So that's something I'm looking at. Um, well, a problem as well, because of the type of service I provide and the, the financial outlay, the type of clientele that will come to me is more high market. And then high market people will tend to have a lot more holidays. So what you'll find... <laughs> Your drop happens a lot. You have often. a drop. So it's yeah. like another thing, because I'm on my own, I'm like, maybe something I'm looking at. Fortunately, clients listen to is a, is a partner retainer in some of their sessions because the type of clientele I got, they could go away for two to three or four weeks and leave a couple of sessions open where it's hard to book people in because with PT and really, you don't just drop in and drop out. No. You know, I will always say to a lot of my clients, at the very minimum, I want two sessions a week. Now, like we said before, if I've got someone coming in and they do one session a week with me, but I'll go in a member at a a commercial gym yes. and they can do the other two sessions they have the very fitness app the workouts there they can do one workout with me and the other workout they can do on their own yeah so that you know where they're up to yeah so you've always got that and that's probably something i need to explain to um people that potentially would like to come here get put off by the price that because i'm asking for them two sessions a week at the minimum purely that's so i can get your results i think that's more than reasonable though yeah. as a pt out there like you said, to get them results that you know you can get for yeah, them, yeah. I think two two sessions is more than reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one thing I find myself on. Like, a lot of my before and after pictures, a lot of them are just two sessions a week. Is that right? Yeah, two sessions a week. 
Um, oh man, I've had a good look at them. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them are two sessions a week. Some of them might be three or four, but to be fair, like I say, if you actually average it over the twelve-week period, because every program I do is for twelve weeks, and then we'll move on to another. Yeah, because you've got a yeah cycle of twelve weeks. Like I, I tend to, what I do is, which I've been advertising online, is do a strength and hyper. Everything's hypertrophy. Everything's to volumize the muscle and build muscle. So we do a strength phase with hypertrophy movements. We're going from the low rate rep range of five, so no more higher than the twelve rep range. Then we do more hypertrophy, so we're working the typical eight to twelve repetitions on certain exercises. Obviously, for the arms, smaller muscles, we might go slightly higher. And then on the endurance one, we can go for um, many reps as you can do, but more higher rep range yeah, from yeah. that. And you go through them them cycles. So over the 12 weeks of period, because of the type of clientele I have, they might be doing twice a week. Or some, I think there's a couple of people might do three times a week. It still works out twice a week because they'll probably miss yeah, yeah, somewhere. illnesses, <laughs> holidays, kids, work commitments, kids, all them yeah. type of things. So, but most people that sign up to me, I try and get them twice a week, and I just try and get a time stop that they can stick to. And that's why I was talking about maybe holding a retainer for them times if they're going to go away for two weeks. So yeah. right there, because I think like in my industry, and I can imagine the gym industry, it's making sure you're getting that monthly payment coming in. Yeah, because like I say, the bills are going up and. You know, the mortgage needs to be paid or the rental needs to be paid. The gas electricity needs to be paid. Rates needs to be paid. Water needs to be paid. (laughs) If you don't, start sending you red letters and stuff like that. And it's a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, Have a look at them letters every day. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, everything gets paid when it's supposed to. But sometimes when you're looking and your electricity was, like I said before, £1,800 and now you're spending £4,880, you're like, oh my God. It's stressful. I get, I get it. That's part of business. You know, I think every business has that kind of um, parcel. But I think what's been the worst for this industry is was how COVID's had an effect. Now, it could have gone two ways. It could have killed a lot of business, which I think it has done. Oh, yeah. But yeah. also, it, it, it could have boosted a lot of businesses. And unfortunately, I think when we're coming out of it now, maybe things might change in 2023. That I feel like it's killed a lot more than. Well, you've got They're no, increased. you've got no DW anymore. Yeah. You've got no exercise for less anymore. Oh. Um, I know during the pandemic that Total Fitness were putting an IVA as well. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, they're coming out or have come out of that, yeah. which that they, they, they were th- not the three biggest players, but they were three biggish players, especially yeah. in this end of the country. Yeah. Because obviously, Total Fitness is from Northern. Anyway, yeah, you are your exercise for less was up and down the country, hit and miss, depending on which gym you're in. Some were good, some weren't so good. Your DWs, they obviously anything outside the M25, everyone knew them. Anyone inside the M25 was known as Fitness First. Yeah, um, now don't get me wrong, Fitness First is still going, but not for long, not, yeah. not from what I'm hearing anyway. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's had. So many decent companies that I can remember over the past, well, over the past 20 years have just disappeared. Yeah. And I think it's a massive shame, especially when it involves people's health. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think going forward, what do you think the gym industry is going to be looking like? <sighs> Honestly, I think it all depends on, and I don't mean the government, but whatever the government's next challenge is. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, we need to get through this uh, energy crisis. We've already been through a health pandemic. If we get something else over the next, what, 12 to 18 months, I can't see a great deal surviving after that. No. You get your big ones, which will, because they're subsidised by the fashion brand. So Everlast will survive by being under, um, what's it called? Oh, um... Mike Ashley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, uh, what's his new thing he called them? Uh, basically, they're under the massive fashion brand umbrella. You've got JD, which is again owned by JD Fashion. Yeah, yeah. They're they're never going to go anywhere because the billion dollar companies anyway. Yeah. Um, your smaller boutique type gyms or yeah, smaller setting gyms will suffer. Um, I don't think, from what I gather from 
like pure German gym groups, they, they should be all right. They've got enough sites and yeah. enough revenue coming in anyway. But I think it'll take a lot out of the setting of the gyms. Like I said, I think wet sites are more than likely on the way out. I think they'll stay within, what's it called, the um, leisure centre setting yeah. rather than being in a gym setting. Unless, like I said, it's yeah, more mid-market to premium type gyms. Because anything lower than that, it can't afford it. Yeah. Literally, not, not, not if another crisis comes along. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'd like to think if nothing does happen, then we can get maybe that 10% back, which yeah. we've been missing. Because that 10% is a lot of people. That's up and down the country. Um, I know when we did return from the pandemic that they'd had more uh, visits in one month than they'd had in like the previous three before they closed. So the thing is, people were still pinning in to get into a gym, but not everyone was returning to a gym. Yeah. Um, yeah, now I'd like to think we can get 10% back over the next 12 months. That'd be fantastic. I think everyone then will be on a nice little curve going up. Honestly, just depends on what the, what gets thrown at Sorry, what gets thrown at us again? No, no, it must be difficult. So, if you're a young entrepreneur and you want to open your own gym, you probably have second thoughts at this moment. Um, so if you were going to open a um, a gym, a brand new gym, what would you think? What would how would you approach it? Cautiously, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think uh, sometimes when people have open gyms or keep gyms open, they've not got the right footfall for one. Uh, you'd have to do your marketing with regards to how many people live in that area. Because yeah. you've got to then think, are you going to get your share of that market? So, yeah, I mean, for me, like a, a town like our town, Southport, one of the things I keep thinking is there's too many. Especially in my thing, there's too many little boutique type of gyms opening up. Yeah. And I think I'm quite lucky. One of the things I know for myself is that I've got such a good following and reputation, which is great. That would probably keep me above the rest. Yeah, yeah. All my gym equipment is paid for. The only thing that you're paying for is my time. You know, I've got my wife here. We have our business together. We own this building. So there's a lot of benefits on my side. But I see a lot of people opening gyms. And I keep on saying to these people when they open gyms, I say, you know what? Just, just stay where you are. Yeah. Stay in the Everlast. You know, it's great. I mean, to have something above your name there, but the cost of running a gym at the moment is so expensive. Yeah, I, I would, me personally, I'd leave it for as long as possible. Yeah, and then look at investing. But like I said, it's, you've got to have the right place as well. It's yeah, just, it's... unless you've got a, a total unique selling point. Yeah. Which you know, every gym needs to have the USBs. It, yeah, yeah. You know, I, like I say, I think our unique selling point for, for me and Emma, and the reason why both our businesses do well is the fact that this is fitness and beauty. Now they do come together. It's great USB, mate. But you know, don't forget DW used to have that. Yeah, and you don't know. Yeah, it's like if it's on a personal level, just for very fitness, is be what you want to be. Is our little motto kind of thing. But our motto as, as a business together for me and Emma is uh, look good, feel good, because you tend to come here to, to well, look good and feel good, really. So it kind of works really well uh, from a marketing point of view, from body fitness and a beauty type of thing. Um, and that's why I keep on saying with the body fitness side, the reason why you see my little pay, face on my very fitness page now, because it is about me, really. Cool. And it's, it's, it's more another element of the business where I'm going on more of an online market. And that's what I'm doing it for. Hence the reason why it's a very fitness podcast and that. And hopefully, the reason why we'll keep it very fitness is maybe one time we might go to a stage where I might expand into doing like a, a small boutique gym where it's a standalone thing. Yeah. Where I've got other personal trainers I can pass my, my knowledge and my guidance to to help them grow. Like I, that was kind of what I was doing in the old place till the bloody pandemic happened, really. You know, I was more taking a back seat, still doing the OP team with the clients I've had for many years and trying to train up the up and coming. But the, the funny thing is now you can't get an up and coming trainer coming through the doors. I mean, have you found that, probably last question we'll talk about it, but have you found there's been a drop off of personal trainers? Massively. Yeah. Um, 
the it's not just the level it's not just how many personal trainers actually come here but i think it's the level of them as yeah. well there's so many people now that are literally just qualified and so you've got to then spend and i don't mind doing this because i'm i'm one of them people that believe in training someone to make them better yeah i love doing that if, if there's anything i do like it is making people say from being say front of house staff to a manager that's one thing i've always prided myself on yeah. i've done it in every gym i've been in so I, I, I like that but the the standard of pts that you do get like i said most of them are brand new to the game so you've got to be with them more you've got to invest more of your time with them i personally ask them if they're ever coming in and saying oh you know i'd like to pt okay do me a favor send me over your business model you know see what your first 90 days would be like you know just so i so i know what you do, you're yeah. doing and they look at you with like bambi eyes and they're like yeah. what what's this yeah. i do believe stuff like that is being left out of when these kids are actually going you yeah. know to get qualified yeah. i do believe there should be some sort of marketing strategy for them yeah. in these qualifications or it should at least be getting taught in school yeah, I mean, I think the problem I get when I work with trainers coming through, when they do knock on the door, they want the top end money straight away. Yeah, no, you've like, got to build your client base first. No, you know, because back in my day, you probably would work as a fitness instructor or class coordinator to a certain degree, and then you'll go into the personal training aspect of it all. Yeah. Obviously, they get taught these days, and we had this conversation with Mike Wardle from um, Oral Gym, and we were saying, like, um, because there's no fitness instructor, and they say, this is the amount of money you, you make. They go in there and they think they're going to make this type of money. And I think now it's harder because they're not. No. Plus, they haven't got the experience. No. But unfortunately, I think the market now in most gyms, they don't tend to have fitness instructors anymore. See, the thing is with most most corporate places now, uh, most managers will get um, what's targeted on having as many PTs as you can. Doesn't matter how many members you got. Yeah. If you've got fifteen PTs, you're charging them what four, five hundred quid a month. Yeah. You've got that revenue coming in already just before they even start training yeah. people. And I always believe less is more. I would rather have a small team of PTs at a higher standard with enough members for them to then actually make themselves successful. Yeah. But yeah, now most of your commercial places. Especially it's just another another revenue stream for them, aren't they? Really, they're yeah. not bothered if they come in and that. I remember when I back in the day when it was the DW, and then they started going down the personal training. They used to have there was a company I forgot what they called that actually managed personal trainers in these commercial gyms. I remember that. What? Oh, I don't think they're around anymore, but and they were there purely to make sure that the standard of the personal trainers going into these places was high. Yeah, and I think. I think, especially at DW, I think once someone quite in the hierarchy got involved, he kind of banished them out and said, no, we're looking after our own personal trainers. And I think that's when it went downhill. Now, obviously, there is some good trainers at Everlasting. Not knocking anyone listening to some of Everlasting going, hang up. No, there is some good standards in there, but I'm just saying that um, they just don't have that natural accountability of making sure that they're clued up they know what they're doing you know and it's, it's also about how approaching people and stuff uh, you know you might train on your own and you might like the industry and you might want to go into personal training but you know i remember once and i was dead on i'm probably a bit too honest to this lad one time and he asked me once about personal training about should he get into it and i used to see him in the gym all the time and i used to always say hello to him and he never said hello back to me and then for one day he randomly came and started asking for some advice from me and i said do you reckon I'll have a shot at it? I said, no, because I've said hello to you numerous of times in the wet area. You've completely ignored me. He said, it's not about how you train. It's about people skills and how you can communicate with people. And sometimes it's all about if people like you, you know, because I like it abilities. It is a popularity contest. It is, yeah. But, I mean, it does, because I remember uh, when I used to work in, um, one that don't have any more, LA Fitness in London, oh, yeah. in Bayswater. There was two <laughs> trainers there. There was one guy called John and there was one guy called Jeremy. Jeremy was more knowledge based, very good. Even I used to pick his brain. And he had John, 
you know, he had a good knowledge, but not on the same level as Jeremy. But the fact is, John was a lot more busy than Jeremy. Yeah. Because John just had that presence on the gym floor. He, he automatically could, yeah, he energized the place. Yeah, he had that thing where everyone was looking at him. He's yeah. Like, yes, yes, just the way yeah. he was. Yeah. You know, and half of it, I wouldn't say it was always in that, but I remember like, he'll go, oh, I'm going to the gym floor now. And he'll psych himself up to get into that level because he know when he was at that level, he, the energy he'll bring is there. Yeah. You know, um, whereas Jeremy, he was great, but he didn't have that same energy. So it's about getting that right balance. You don't yeah. need to have that, but it does help. No, of course. It, well, the problem is in today, especially in today's market, if you're not popular, you're not going to get people. It's as simple as yeah. that. It's just, unfortunately, the world we live in now. Yeah. We've got the Instagram kind of. <clears throat> the more followers you've got, the better you are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Whereas in reality, I, I've got PTs there that won't touch Instagram. They don't like social media, but they're probably the best trainers I've got. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, they literally just market themselves in the gym. And yeah, they're busy. They've got the regulars. Yeah. But no one sees them apart from on the website. No one will ever see them on social media. Yeah. 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 But unfortunately, like you said, it, it, it can be that way. Yeah. And like I say, for many, many years, I didn't have to rely on social media. I'll probably say word of mouth. My actual website, because that's obviously where we would have all the testimonials, the before and after pictures, and then possibly social media. And I'd say, well, the only type of social people I'll get from social media would have been for the class, not actual one-to-one. Because I always feel like when you're looking for a trainer, because of the investment you have to put into it, you've got to do a bit more research than looking online. And I think for most people, especially if they're looking for an in-house trainer, which will cost that bit more money, they will probably have would do the research. I mean, I used to hate when people like you've got your local area Facebook group and you used to tag my name in that kind of thing. I'm thinking, because someone's asked recommendations of PT, I don't know. I didn't quite like that approach. I feel like, you know, I suppose it is a way of doing it, but I always liked, I, I never go looking for a client. I want the client to come to me because if the client comes to me, I know the fact that they made the effort to come here. Oh, yeah. They got, they're committed. Whereas I've, if I've got to chase that person, then they're not committed. I mean, I've had past clients that have got out of the game. You've tried to chase them back in. You managed to get them back in. They just drop off. You need to get them. They are the same, like you said, creating a habit. Yeah. You can't create that habit. You're not gonna. You're yeah. not gonna follow through. Yeah. And like I said before, before offer that uh, when you're training any personal trainer, I always say accountability is the key. The reason I get results. It's not because my program, or I like to say my program is good, but it's not because I've got the greatest program. It's a basic program, but because I'm there and I'm making sure that you turn up and you do it, and they know that I'll be there, I won't let them down. Yeah, you've made yourself You've got that accountability, and that's what gets results. Consistency, and in anything, the gym, in anything in life, if you've got consistency, you'll do really, really well. You get results. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more with you, mate, honestly. Well, Paul? been a pleasure is there any way i don't know if you do social media yourself anyone that can contact you if they want to speak to you about anything to do with gyms or anything or uh, anything you like to promote while we're on this well obviously i do work for fitness for less in birkenhead so if anyone in birkenhead does want to join the gym uh we currently have an offer which is join 10 go to fitnessforless.co.uk you can join on there um if there's any pts currently in that area who would like to also sit down and have a chat you can contact me on paul tierney that is t-i-e-r-n-e-y uh at fitness for less that's with the number four not four uh dot co dot uk brilliant cheers, brilliant cheers